Welcome to the Louder Vision podcast for creative people. I'm filmmaker, artist, and your host, Laura Mioli. I'm also author of the book, Clarity for Your Creative Career, tips, advice, and inspiration from successful artists to quit the job you hate and create a life you love. The paperback and ebook versions are now available on amazon.com and on my website, loudervision.com. You can also find some of my interactive courses on how to create your very own podcast and another one on how to record high quality videos from home. Those are on Skillshare.com. And if you use the link in the description below, you'll get a free two month trial to Skillshare Premium so you can learn whatever you can dream up. Today's guest is Neil Melstrom. He creates music for films as a composer based in Pelham, New York, and he's a recent graduate from Skidmore College. He's conducted and arranged for Skidmore's orchestra, worked as a technical assistant for the on-campus recording studio, and he also has experience in scoring podcasts, films, TV, and online media in pretty much every genre there is. Today, we're going to be talking about arranging and selecting music for your media projects, and Neil is going to help us do that. Hello, Neil. Thank you for being on the podcast. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Tell me about Should I change your... it up a little? Yeah, let's change it up. Let's let's start okay. by you telling me and telling everyone out there about your background and your experience in film scoring. Like what is film scoring? What is film scoring? So film scoring, I guess to me, I, I sort of uh I sort of broaden it to the concept of just setting any music to any visual art of any kind or at least that's how I'm broad, trying to broaden my skill set to. I guess it's it really has all just come down to how to carry the message of that visual medium, whatever it may be, how to carry that message and enhance it through the use of music. And that's an art form that I've been obsessed with for about, 10 years. <laughs> nice. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I've just been honing my craft ever since. Awesome. So tell me about the technology that you use to create film scores and music for, for videos pretty much. So I use, I use a lot of technology. Uh, <laughs> I use, um, the software I use is called Logic Pro X or Logic Pro 10. And that is a software built around the concept of importing instruments and then being able to set whatever sounds those instruments can make to a picture that you can also open in the software. And there's a, sort of an ongoing debate about if uh, samples and synthesized sounds can replace real instruments and things like that. But if you're willing to spend a decent amount of money, like a couple hundred dollars, you can pretty, it's kind of scary how quickly you can get to a really real sounding sound. Um, just like a really convincing organic lush kind of sound that you would get from like a full orchestra like a full orchestra can get synthesized and yeah there's articulation stuff that gets kind of into the nitty-gritty specifics um that make a real orchestra still stand on its own um i use a midi a tiny little midi keyboard uh plugged into my laptop and then two speakers and sometimes headphones 
And nice. that's my whole setup. It's it's funny. People hear my music and they expect like, oh, like what musicians A do you know? Studio, and they, yeah, yeah, they they expect like <laughs> yeah, they expect to come in and they're like, what is this? This is just your computer. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like where where's the rest of, where's the orchestra pit? You know? Yeah. And I think a big part of that is because you know you get to know the samples and how to work, how to kind of massage them to work, and you can get a very, very convincing sound. Nice. And, you know, we're going to be talking a little later about those music sites that have the free music that people can use for films. I use that quite a bit, but all of those are usually made with a similar type of software. Like, there are probably very few projects that, that actually use a full orchestra to record their, their oh, music. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In fact, there are a lot of huge budget movies that use what's called a hybrid score, which is real instruments and synthesized instruments. And some of the synthesized instruments are made to sound like the other real instruments that you have, but they combine the two to get sort of just a fuller sound. Or if mm-hmm. you know you don't have the budget to do 20 recording sessions with like 40 violin players or whatever yeah. crazy thing you're trying to do. Um, and, and again, it, no one can, you know, only like super pros can hear it and be able to pick out the ones that aren't real instruments. And it's kind of scary. <laughs> nice. So I want to make this kind of an interactive podcast. I want to play one of your samples. Um, I'm not going to say what it is. Uh, we're just going to listen to it. But I want to kind of set the stage for for listeners. What should they be looking out for? Uh, or listening out for in terms of the um, fundamentals? Yeah, you can pay attention to two of the three fundamentals. The third one it would be impossible to understand. The third one, framing, uh, yeah, you, you won't be able to understand because you don't know when it's starting or stopping in the film itself. But the other two, pacing and mood, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would recommend anyone try to really focus on those. By pacing, I mean sort of the innate tempo or the speed kind of the intensity of the track Mm -hmm. and then the mood is sort of your internal emotional reaction like Mm -hmm. what is the tone set by this track and then also just try to guess what what the visual is (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) try try to figure out what's going on uh might be kind of hard but you know uh, yeah. at the at the risk of being falsely modest but yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well here we go
All right. So aside from the obvious motors and engines that we heard, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which are sound effects, really listening to the music, um, people can kind of think about what the mood is. Um, When I was listening to it, the mood that I felt was like this intensity and that kind of like building tension and pacing. There were definitely some moments where it was much faster and then it slowed down. So can you tell us about your process of scoring something like that? So yeah, it's a it's a quick little car chase scene from an episode from season three of Westworld. And Westworld has this this aesthetic, this style, this tone of um, super futuristic society and everything is sleek and clean. I had all of that in my head and I knew I had to score something that was really fast and fit that mood of like sleek kind of action-packed futuristic kind of like Blade Runner-y cyberpunk um, but even more modern feeling if that was something that I could make happen. Um, it, it actually it kind of varies from a uh, project to project, which of the fundamentals I start with first with that Westworld car chase, you know, by definition, since it's a car chase, um, the pace is most important, you know, above all. And once I had a rhythm, like a literal rhythm and a tempo and a couple samples from logic that felt really I guess just like samples that didn't sound uh, cheap and like not too generic too, not too like uh, trailery, like epic trailer music. I'm always trying yeah. to avoid that sound, um, which is a really easy pitfall. Um, once I had all that, then I start the process of, and then this is with every project. Once I have all of this, like, <laughs> mental baggage just sort of cooped up in my brain then I I just start throwing stuff at the wall and just waiting for some sort of combination of usually like 20 or 30 different uh tracks to like individual sample tracks to just sort of line up with one another nicely and um while I'm doing that, I'm also kind of taking in the beats of each scene. And um, in the scene, there's this character that's having some sort of weird, like, brain hack that's supposed to be kind of like a drug trip or something like that. Um, and I knew that the pacing had to take a break for a little bit. And um, there's what's called an ostinato, which is a repeating rhythmic pattern. Mm -hmm. And that sort of drives that whole scene. But when the focus of the car chase shifts to the focus of this guy tripping out on whatever, Mm -hmm. we we realize the drums totally uh, fall out. So it kind of feels like the floor falls out from under you. And all the weird sort of organic sounding synths that I used in that start to shift into this kind of sprinkly, 
not like Disney, but like <laughs> chimey. A little lighter. Very yeah. yeah, light, a lot of high end, a lot of uh shimmery kind of sounds and it's funny, I, I, I always try to explain the sounds that I work with. And then it's like, oh, like, just just listen to it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I can't explain it, like, you know, it's, it's all in, in my crazy head. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's excellent. But in terms of the, the three fundamentals, so we talked about pacing. Uh, we talked about how that um, goes according to the beats of the scene. Uh, the mood mm-hmm. also kind of went according to what was happening in the scene. And then what about frame, which is your third fundamental? Framing, I guess, applies to scoring in two ways. There's the framing concept that relates to when any music of any mood or any pace starts and stops in a scene and why you're making that decision, what the music is adding to the scene, what the scene would be like without that music. And of course, it can come down to <clears throat> it, it can come down to, and I do this all the time. Logic has this feature where you can zoom into each individual frame of a video that you have, so you're working within like lit- literal nanoseconds uh, in a scene, and you can if you don't start music on what's called a hit point which is a very time dependent cue for a, for like a, a bunch of music happening at once in one instant. If it isn't happening right where it needs to, it can feel totally just like sloppy or yeah. like rushed, you know. Um, or even so... if the music fades out too quickly or it, it hangs on too long, that can also feel off. Oh know? yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, if, if I had that, that drum pattern that really drives the majority of that scene, if that sort of bled too much into when it does that zoom in on, uh, on the, the drug trippy uh, character's face, mm-hmm. if it bled too much into that scene, it would be like, oh, is he... I guess he's kind of experiencing this car chase too, but also I feel like we should be taking a moment here. Like it just, it just wouldn't feel right, yeah. you know? And also from a, from a video editor perspective, I can say it's really great to have the music as a separate track because sometimes you want that, that music to trail off into the next scene so that it kind of doesn't feel like such a, an abrupt change, or oh, sometimes yeah. you want to cut it right there at the scene so that there's like, okay, we're in a completely different world right now. Oh yeah. One of my like, uh, like you've hired me, here are my questions, you know, um, sort of intro. Uh, one of them, one of my many questions is how modular do you want my work to be? Or how modular does it need to be? Especially if it's a project that is far from finished. Mm-hmm. I, sort of, uh, I hesitate to do these long drawn out pieces that, that are like second to second, very dependent on one another, you know, mm-hmm. like, like it does not lend itself to being chopped up at all. Um, I'm always very scared about, uh, writing stuff like yeah. that, even when it sounds really good. And, um, so you want to make the, yeah. the music for the, almost the final edit. Yeah. Yeah. I, ideally, you know, but, um, 
it's that can be kind of an obstacle, especially when you're when you're adapting like real time to the editing process. Yeah, I mean, when I'm working with those kind of copyright free tracks that you you can download online, Mm -hmm. the music doesn't it never is the same length as the video that I have. Oh, yeah. I have to kind of cut out sections or extend a section and it's very limiting sometimes it's oh, like yeah. sometimes I, i'll have to go change the video a little bit to kind of extend yeah so that like a certain part where it dips or something will kind of match up with that mm-hmm. um but there are cases where the music is so perfect that it like actually helps me with the editing so actually my um my method for editing kind of documentary work is that i lay down the kind of like the skeleton which is just the um the sound bites and any sound effects, I'll lay that down first and I'll kind of space out things as needed. Mm-hmm. And before I touch any B-roll and then I put music on it and bef- I put music on it before the B-roll is on it because the the cuts of the B-roll, if they go with the music, then it kind of gets you more into the scene. Like you're watching as things oh, yeah. are, are right. happening. So it's almost like working backwards from the way you you work like you're creating music for a scene that's edited so that the cuts match up with the music. And I almost, I feel like when you're limited and you don't have a composer, you don't have that luxury, right? You have to kind of edit to the music to get that same kind of consistency and that immersion. Yeah. It's funny. You're doing, uh, you're doing what Spielberg did for, uh, the end of E.T., Oh, he, thank you. He was, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're a total genius. But really, it is, I mean, it is, uh, for, from my end, from the composer's end, it's a, it's a great move, you know, just like really taking in the music. And if you can't change it much, or if it's so good that you don't want to change anything, um, cutting something to the music uh, is fantastic i mean the end of et is one of my favorite film scoring sequences ever and spielberg has said many times i loved john williams's score so much that i wanted him to just do a concert like just play the end of that score in any way he wanted with as many crescendos diminuendos and accelerandos you know speeding up and slowing down getting louder quieter wherever John Williams wanted. And then I will cut the end of E.T. to the music. You can hear it and see it, and it's fantastic. So nice. I agree. <laughs> the long-winded way of saying, of saying nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so on that note, um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so say a filmmaker doesn't have access to a composer because it can be expensive sometimes, or maybe there's just not enough time to do a completely from scratch oh, yeah. score. Um, yeah, for sure. What should people look for to find music for their films, for their videos? There are, uh, you know, virtually an infinite number of sites where you can find any kind of downloadable free tracks that say royalty free, copyright free, you know, no copyright, things like that. In terms of specific terminology, as long as something says something like no copyright or royalty free, exposure only required, things like mm-hmm. that. Meaning that they're going to ask for credit. 
right they want yeah. you to kind of put their name on your work like the music is from this person exactly as long as it says something like that and you can download it and it's on a website that you know other people have used in the past um without any like viruses or anything like that um you're pretty much good. You do have to sift through a lot of music that I won't. I won't call it bad music. I will. <laughs> I will call it. I will call it quickly made music because okay. it is. I. I mean. I. I I've looked through a, a lot of music like that, and um, one of the career paths before me right now, and I guess what will always be. There is um, what's called a sound library composer, which is in-house music made in-house, meaning a bunch of composers that work together as part of one company. And they just grind all day, just cranking out tracks. And I know I know a couple sound library composers um, that make really, uh, you know, decent livings uh, off of just working like a machine just cranking out these tracks constantly like like talking like 10 tracks a day um of various genres which is amazing that they can even do that um let alone do it like decently it does kind of create the trend of you look through these websites of all this royalty free music or pay five bucks a month kind of music and it's pretty generic sounding. Um, you know, you're not going to hear any like character themes, you know, melodies that you can really attach with yeah. characters and things like that. Thing, things Sometimes that, you get lucky yeah. and you hit the jackpot at oh, times, yeah. but it's very yeah. rare. Yeah, it's hard. You really do have to sift through a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. What are some tips that you can give for doing that search? Before anything um if you're looking for music and you have picture you you have you have a you have media or content that needs music know your content you know know the clip that you are trying to set music to know the beats know the pacing know the mood know the framing you know uh, of course, it, it, these things are going to change as you find more and more music. But start your search uh, going through these many websites. Um, start your search sort of having an idea of what you want. And you could be completely wrong. And you could think, oh, you know, I really I want something that sounds like a love theme, some sort of romance score. And then you realize it's like, wait, there are explosions in this scene. What am I talking about? If you, <laughs> yeah. if you go, yeah, and it's like, oh, how did I not see that? If you go in with an idea, then you have something to work with. If you search through all these websites and you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm looking through music, um, you're kind of dependent on just setting every track that you can find to yeah. the picture and then and they, there I are mean, like I guess millions of that. songs yeah it's you'll there you'll drive yourself so crazy many. yeah you will very quickly go crazy uh trying to find stuff like that in my experience i've spent hours and hours on those websites um and and the longer you're not looking at your scene and you're in those websites kind of going down the rabbit hole 
you lose complete focus on what you're looking for and they oh, all yeah. start to sound alike and you don't know what your goal is. Oh, and oh, yeah. so I try to go in with a little checklist for myself of like, kind of like the mood, what the, what is the emotion that I want people to feel from the scene? Because music is very good for that. So right. And I write down some words, just like brainstorming kind of stuff. Usually I pick, cause I work in marketing. It's usually like, inspiration uh uplifting happy stuff like that um but then you'll notice as you get pretty used to these websites that words like joy or fun will get you like children's music yeah where whereas happy might get you something where you have like a xylophone like yeah. the the instruments will go with the words after after time so also like having an idea of what instrument you want is oh, also yeah. another good approach yeah or that's kind of hard. That's always, that's yeah. even like years later as you know, it's my job. Um, yeah. And it's, it's still kind of a struggle for me because with each instrument, there are connotations, there are associated styles and things like that. You hear a xylophone and you're like, okay, this is for children. Um, yes. You know, something like that. But um, if you can find a website with tags, uh, as you mentioned, that I'm sure you can speak to that. Like that has, you've cut your time down to about a quarter of what you were going to deal with uh, originally. But again, it's kind of like you, you get hashtags like dramatic or cinematic and it's like, or, it's you know, hashtag, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hashtag trailer, hashtag epic, hashtag love. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's, it gets very cheesy very quick when you yeah, use yeah. those kind of words. Yeah. I try to go more with the emotional feeling kind of words like like uplifting always seems to find me some good good stuff mm. and inspiration or um, struggle or things like that, like overcoming or, you know, it, it yeah, sounds yeah. like it wouldn't work, but it does somehow. Yeah. And yeah, then once I you guess. hear a couple that, that you sounds... like and they're off a little bit, sometimes there's a button that says similar and you can go into that and that will narrow it down a little bit or you can kind of go by, okay, well, I like this one, but it's a little too fast. Let me set the pacing if they have that option, set the pacing to a little slower and right. let me look for the same instrument. So so you'll get ideas based off of hearing other, like figuring out what you what is not right. Yeah, and, yeah, and that can be, you know, that's the first 99% of the process is yeah. learning what you don't want and then the last bit, you know, it's it's always in the last place you look <laughs> is what you're looking for, you know. So I just quickly want to go over where we should not be finding music, <laughs> which is where we should not do not go music. on YouTube and just download oh an, yeah an artist song and then yeah. put it on your film. Be very careful about that. Yeah. If you're yeah, I, I can I can talk about that. Um I took a bunch of uh entertainment law courses at Skidmore. So I actually learned a lot about copyright, trademark, synchronization rights, uh, mechanical licenses, things like that, performance rights. As it turns out, even when you just play a song out loud, like in a park, mm-hmm. and other people at the park are hearing it, you're, you're violating a, a performance right that you do not have the right to, or I guess you're assuming a performance right. Of course, if you don't have, you do also have to kind of kind of judge your uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. If you're just doing like a student film and not a massive, you're not going to post it to something 
uh, on which hundreds of people are going to see it. Mm-hmm. If, if only like a dozen people, you know, if your class is going to see it, then yeah, you can kind of, it's, it's okay to be risky, I would say, for the sake of uh, being, having the freedom to just try anything you want. But anything more than that, I would immediately start being careful because I guess, first off, it's always good to assume that something is copyrighted. Just assume that um, someone does not want you using their music because uh, yeah. unless it, unless there's a billboard that says royalty-free or copyright-free, um, odds are it will be copyrighted. Or if it's someone you know, just reach out to them and say, hey, is it okay? And they might actually really enjoy being used in your films. Definitely. Yeah, If you if you're on like soundcloud or something like that and you aren't listening to i don't know ariana grande or whatever um Mm -hmm. and it's it sounds it does seem like this is someone that does uh sound library music or actually composes for specific pieces um Mm -hmm. specific projects then really you you should uh, your best move would be to take the time to reach out to them literally just via email, like a quick email saying, can I use this track? Odds are they will respond very quickly with yes. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, that name, is, you know, <laughs> like that's it. That's not going to be for the bigger artists, but sure. if it is like a local person or someone who has like maybe a SoundCloud or someone who's like an aspiring artist, it's mm-hmm. usually going to work. Um, in the past that I, when I've tried that, if it wasn't someone that I knew, I actually have, have tried reaching out to people and I never got a response. And so sometimes it can delay your process because you're like waiting to get the music and you don't oh, know, yeah. Yeah. you know, like That's when you true. need the music right away, the best thing to do is go to one of those sound libraries right? Yeah. or think about some friends that you know that are musicians. If, if you think that they're going to give you permission, you could start with that, but then make sure you get it in writing that you're allowed to use their song. For sure. Um, because it becomes especially when we're talking about student films, if you're going to enter it into film festivals, you have to make sure that if you win a prize, you don't owe that artist money oh, yeah. for <laughs> for their song. You know, like a, music can be a huge part of, of a film. And if you're winning $1,000 and the artist is like, yeah, I gave you permission, but we didn't talk about money, like then that's a problem. Yeah. So it's good to have that standard kind of contract. And there are, there are plenty of them online, those templates of music agreements and right. using music for your films. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was funny. It reminded me of um, this analogy for uh, this film composer that uh, writes stuff for Netflix, uh, who I might actually be assisting uh, sometime soon. Really excited about that. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I was asking him about, since I'm starting out too with just freelancing and working on projects by myself, which is scary. Um, (laughs) He, uh, he had this fantastic analogy for me when I asked him, what do I charge? (laughs) Like, what, like, hi, how are you? What is my worth? You know, (laughs) and it's, it's really hard to, you know, give a good answer to that. Um, of course, he didn't have a specific number for me. He just gave me this fantastic analogy, which which was, uh, say you're building a house and no one is getting paid. You just happen to have a ton of really good friends and they all are happy to help you build this house. That's great. The house gets built. You all agree on one of you to get to that gets to live in it for the rest of your life. Done deal. Everybody's happy. 
if you are building a house uh, like a normal person and a lot of different people of a lot of different disciplines are being paid, you wouldn't bring in a plumber and you're like, yeah, no, this this house should probably have some indoor plumbing. And you you wouldn't think like, I just don't, I don't think I'm going to pay for the plumber. Just let him, let's just see if he'll do it, you know. <laughs> do um, it for free, yeah. So, yeah, he might, I don't know, maybe he'll do it by accident. So uh, it was funny, this like big name uh, film composer had this really goofy analogy for me. And the bottom line of the analogy was like, if you're not getting paid, then pretty much no one else should be getting paid. And on passion projects, like, you know, things that people work on, especially when they're starting out, that's great because you're working with other people that are doing the work just to do the work, you know, yeah. just to learn. To and build a um, portfolio. Yeah. And in any collaborative process, like what more can you ask for, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the reality of, of kind of filmmaking. And there are projects that pay. And then there are the projects that are that it's like red flag, it says low budget, or it says passion project on it, that means no one's getting paid, right? Or certain people are getting paid, you know, as someone who works in post production myself, I can tell you, the money always goes to the production and not the post-production and oh, I think yeah. music music falls into that category like Definitely. editors and the composers are the last ones that they think about Definitely. to get paid um yeah, if you want to work for exposure <laughs> and you want to work to build your portfolio then it's totally fine but um it's you know, it, it's good to demand and to know your worth and know that your work is worth the same money that maybe a cinematographer would be getting yeah, for their time. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And be able to like argue for yourself, you know? Yes. You know, not like argue, argue, but like yeah. <laughs> make a case for, you know, make a case for yourself. Yeah. You know, like a lawyer. Uh, so we got a little bit off topic, but it's okay. Um, I wanted to talk about and continue just on the track of, Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> track um i wanted to talk about so if you're doing a student film and you want to put it on youtube or vimeo and it has music that is not a not copyright free um not royalty free if you're just using any random song then you will get a copyright claim mm -hmm. on that on that video and it'll put ads on your video mm -hmm. now that's oh. not um not terrible. I mean, if you don't mind ads on your video, but you, it means that you can't monetize your video. Right. Uh, if a thousand people watch it uh, or a gazillion people watch it, I think the way YouTube works, you have to have like a billion people to get like a dollar. Yep. But, uh, but if you want to <laughs> <Pretty> use... close, <laughs> like literally yeah. like, pretty close. So if, if you want to make any money from your, from your film, it needs to be completely your content yeah. and, or royalty, partly royalty free. So that's just something to look out for. It, it works in terms of images and sound. Um, but I just wanted to, to share that. Right. And, um, and I, I think also, uh, it's funny, I did um, my big, uh, like, thesis sort of project for um, entertainment law uh, last year for Skidmore was, um, I did this huge paper on YouTube's copyright system, mm -hmm. and the algorithms that they use and rather than have the algorithm identify what should be getting money, you know, the people that are using, you know, the people that have actually gone through all the right channels and 
they have they're using what would normally be copyright or royalty dependent music um the the right way the moral way um instead of assuming that everyone does that the youtube algorithm monster actually assumes you know rightfully so assumes that no one is doing that and it uh, you know it automatically detects music so and and then the uh rights holder of that music or or the claimant of of that music actually gets the revenue so your video can have ads on it and it's actually being monetized for someone else and if you stole their music you know very fair like yeah very fair i mean as someone who I don't create music, but I do upload a lot of videos to YouTube, mm. um, I have used the sound libraries a lot. And even when you do have rights to use the music and you do have that license, when I upload them to YouTube, I almost always get a copyright claim and on that my was, video. That was what my paper was about. That was yeah. the bulk of the paper was that their algo- algorithm is garbage. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it identifies rain, like the sound of rain as copyright material well i mean what, what someone can do to take the copyright claim off is to get familiar with whatever platform they're using youtube for example as a as a filmmaker you can just go in and and say you can dispute the claim and if you do have the rights for it you would just enter in the code that you got from the uh, from the library Right. And to prove that you actually did, you know, purchase it, I say with quotation marks because you're purchasing the subscription and not the actual song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you would just uh, dispute that claim and then it usually comes off. I haven't had any really issues with once you dispute it, um, if you do have the proper information. But it's always good to hold on to those. What are they called? The... You get like the license with the song. Right. It's it's a PDF. Though if you're doing a film, you're going to enter into festivals. You need that PDF. So always right. download that them and keep them with the film. contract. Yeah. 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 If someone wants to take a stab at creating their own music score, what are some low tech solutions that you can suggest? Are there any ways to do it? Okay. Now this feel literally feel free to cut me off anytime because I can talk. I can talk about this four hours um, well maybe like for two minutes <laughs> okay okay let me let me cut it down okay uh, i'm cutting it down right now um if you can make music and i mean music in the broadest sense do it you can make music for your original film you are already leagues ahead of the many people that just sort of pick a track randomly and it's like kind of generic sounding and it doesn't fit the pacing and it doesn't fit the dialogue. And there just happens to be music like along with your, yeah. uh, with your, um, and to someone like me and my, uh, profession, that's kind of just like, Oh, you, you, you missed out on making your content effectively, like potentially twice as better or twice as impactful as it could be. If you can, record on like a toy piano, like a $20 toy piano, record it with your iPhone and set that to a film that you're working on. Take the time to just like try film scoring. Uh, I, I guarantee you, you, you will surprise yourself. You could have no musical experience and you could just plink away on a piano or a drum or anything. And 
as long as it isn't like uh, clipping, which is like uh, recording the volume at recording it too low a volume, but the, the gain is too high. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're not seeing a lot of red lights on any of your recording equipment, even if it's your iPhone, um, in a bad way, then do it, you know, just try it. I, I get the, the heart of, of that, of, uh, why I'm so passionate about this one specific point is because there's this ongoing thing between a director and a composer of trying to bridge the gap or trying to bridge the divide between the two. You know, the composer is trying to understand the director and likewise. Once you are working together perfectly in sync, you can make a score that works with the film perfectly in sync. When you are also the director and content creator, and you also have the capability to make music, congratulations, you are already more in sync than John Williams and Steven Spielberg will ever be. So, you know, use (laughs) that opportunity. So that's it. There was one more thing that I forgot to ask you earlier, but I it was based on your fundamentals of film scoring. So what does it mean to choose an informed soundtrack or composing an informed score? This kind of this kind of sounds like it goes against everything that I just said, but um, <laughs> but bear with me. Um, if you're a film composer or a media composer and that's what you do, like that's your one, you know, you had one job. Don't mess it mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you will hopefully have the time to learn about the content that you are writing music for. So uh, off the top of my head, uh, like an example of an informed score that I did uh, recently, there was um, this kind of scary incident that happened uh, at Skidmore in the early 80s. And I, I I do you know the movie Fargo? Oh, it's Carter Burwell did the music. Amazing score. Mm-hmm. The stories were very similar between this scary incident that happened in real life on my uh, on my college's campus in the early 80s. It was a very similar story to this movie. And the mood of, and it was a podcast uh, that I was scoring. The, pod, the mood of the podcast and the pacing and everything fit very well. It was almost like a one-to-one uh, comparison with this movie Fargo. And Fargo had this type of score that sort of sounded like folky, but kind of like uh, not dismal, but just like kind of sad and yeah. <laughs> kind of weighed on you. And it was a sad story in the podcast, and it's a sad story in the movie. And um, of course, you can ask the question, you know, or sad can have a lot of different meanings. Um, yeah. But I settled on this like sort of obscure, like Swedish folk, uh, like old, you know, old traditional Swedish folk uh, sound for the podcast. And it fit perfectly. It fits so well. So that is what I mean by educated score, (laughs) I guess. A very, very long winded way of saying, Mm -hmm. you know, know the content that you're writing for. If there are cultural concerns, um, you know, make sure you're not, if, if some, like if you're, don't, don't pick music just based on like geographical location, just because it comes from that location, you know, um, you can kind of get, you can pretty quickly get into like the appropriation issue. Yeah. 
um, which understandably people are trying to avoid. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just just learn your content. Ask a million questions to your director, even if they end up hating you um, or they block you or whatever. It's totally worth it, you know. Um, yeah. And, and from then, a filmmaker's perspective, mm -hmm. it sounds like you're saying, kind of like what I said earlier, know what the, the point of your content is. Like, what oh, is yeah. the feeling you want to impart on people? What is the region that it's coming from? Who are the characters? Um, all that kind of stuff um, informs what kind of music you should be using. And it, it helps you with your search for music. Either you're searching for it or you're creating it. Definitely. That's literally probably the most important thing I, I could impart. <laughs> know what you're trying to do and the music will music will fall into place. Nice. I think we'll end on that. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. So thank you for being on the podcast, Neil. Of course. Sorry for the and... rambling. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> And thanks for listening, everyone. I'm filmmaker, artist, author, and your host, Laura Mioli. You can connect with me getting creative tips and inspiration on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Loudavision. And you can listen to more of these podcasts, read my blog, watch my videos, and contact me. Just go to loudavision.com. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Okay, take care and stay healthy, everyone.